Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated. And stepping outside your comfort zone on the way to living your best life. Hold on for a wild ride. Now, let's get started. Welcome. You are in the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane. So glad that you're here and so glad I was able to speak with the guests that I have on today. Dr. Mama Bear, also known as Dr. Lisa Palmer, is someone that I have followed for a while. I really like what she does on a daily basis because she encourages people to live better, do better, be better. And that is my motto. It was such a fun conversation. Actually, I kind of felt like at some points we were kind of, I don't want to say geeking out, but we both thrive on helping people. And that is our purpose. And that is our mission. And it was so much fun to talk to her about how she practices and what she does and why she does what she does. And she is a remarkable human being. She and her husband work together day in, day out to make the world a better place. So I hope that you enjoy this chat I had with Dr. Mama Bear because I surely enjoyed it. And I'm very excited because her and I already have another date set up because we are going to start diving into some health topics. And I'm pretty excited about that because she... She does amazing things. She does way above and beyond what I do. And I really enjoy hearing success stories, especially natural success stories, due to the nature of what I do. And of course, I was a little selfish again because I picked someone that I really wanted to talk to, someone who I knew I could learn from, and someone also that I knew that you all could learn from. So, Please enjoy today's chat with Dr. Lisa Palmer. So what I like about my podcast is I'm normally meeting people for the first time and they're people who I actually feel like I know because I've been watching them on social media or such. And today I'm speaking with Dr. Lisa Palmer, also known as Dr. Mama Bear. So welcome to Fast Lane with Sarah Jane. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Sarah. I super appreciate you having me on your podcast. I think that we all have role models and you are quite the role model for moms and mom chiropractors, I would say big time. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's very sweet. I really enjoy watching your videos and we're going to make sure we put up your links so people can watch them because Dr. Lisa does homeschool with her daughter as well as working full-time. So she does a little bit of it all. And then in her spare time, she helps educate other people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. A lot of downtime. No, yeah. But I, I like it that way because when I'm helping people in the office, and I'm sure you feel the same, and helping people online, it's just, it's so fulfilling. And I really feel like, you know, you're making a difference. And when you are doing your purpose, then it's not work. And I'm sure, Sarah, you feel the same. Yes. And actually downtime can kind of drive me a little crazy. Like if I'm, if I have nothing to do, I'm going a little crazy and I'll have people say, well, when do you sleep? I'm like, I get plenty of sleep. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel the same thing. I, I live for the week and the weekend drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, weekends, I like to stay busy too, but you guys do a lot on the weekends too, though, like beach and all that kind of stuff. So you stay pretty busy. Yes. 
yes. Okay. We do our, our Saturday night beach trip because it's just too hot here in Florida to go during the day. And so like evening sunset beach here is beautiful. I love it. So I want you to tell us what exactly do you do? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. In a nutshell. You do yeah, a lot yeah. of things in a nutshell. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a doctor of chiropractic and I do holistic nutrition. And so in a nutshell, we look for the causes of people's problems. I feel like a natural health detective and we fix them using whole food supplements, chiropractic and massage and sometimes stem cells. So this is what I like. You are trying to solve people's problems because you are not trying to put a Band-Aid on, the pro- on a bullet wound. You're trying to fix the actual problem. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you see this all the time. People come in with constipation or heartburn or chronic headaches, and instead of just being put on a medication, this is what I don't like, this is where I think you and I are really going to see eye to eye, is you do a conventional medicine and they're going to put you on a medication, high blood pressure, they're going to put you on a medication. Where's the end game? And I always ask my patients that. What's the end game with that? Well, what do you mean? Are you going to have to be on that forever? What's causing the high blood pressure? What's the scoop? Does that not drive you crazy? Yes, it totally drives me crazy. And the example that I like to use is it's like going, you know, it's like going to the mechanic and you have a problem with your car and the mechanic says, okay, you have a problem with your brakes. We're going to take your brakes out and then they don't put new brakes in and then they send you back. Except but now you have no brakes and now you have a problem with your engine and then your windshield wipers don't work and then your <laughs> headlight, one headlight's broken and like you come out with more problems and that's what medication does. Every single medication has a side effect. So you Absolutely. take something and then it causes more problems. And now that you said that, when you're taking out the brakes, that reminds me of so many people who get their gallbladder out and then they come in and they still have issues. And I said, well, you know, we might need to do a gallbladder flush. Well, I don't have a gallbladder. Right. But you still have the ductwork. Like we can take my furnace out, but we still got the ductwork. So I could still have a bunch of rats in my ductwork. I just still don't have the furnace. Right. Right. And you still have a nervous system to the gallbladder and then you still have a really massively clogged liver. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Or to me in the female world, it's more like, okay, well you have bad periods. You're not going to have more kids, right? So you don't really need your uterus and your ovary. So we'll just cut all that out. Like it was like a an ornament or something like it was just like a, like a replaceable device or yeah. And so they lose all those organs and then maybe then their gallbladder starts to fail and then they get put on hormones, but it's not hormones for like a week. It's like hormones for the rest of their lives. And then the hormones just keep increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing the risk of cervical cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, just awful things. And unfortunately that I see women with that every single day. I do a lot more adjusting the nutritional work. You do mostly nutritional work, correct? I do a lot of nutrition and I do a lot of adjusting still too. Okay. So I will say I live in a very small community, like 1,200 people. So as far as nutritional stuff, it's very different for people to do more of a detox or a muscle testing or a nutritional route because that is not the norm right? So usually the people that you see, are they the people who have been natural all along or are they the people who have done all the things and now they need to do something different? Yeah. So the norm is what we grew up with, right? So you start watching cartoons or whatever, and they start super early. Well, if you have this problem, you go to the doctor, you take this pill, you know, that's what everybody's indoctrinated with their whole entire life. 
And so unfortunately, we see patients that have been to this doctor and been to the specialists and been to the Mayo Clinic and been to the university hospital and all these different doctors. And either they were told that they had, they were normal and there was nothing wrong with them and it was all in their head, which drives me crazy because it's such an invalidation to a person who knows something's wrong, but the lab test came back okay or the imaging came back okay. And so some of these people have been suffering for years to the point where they think their symptoms are normal. Like, oh yeah, I eat breakfast, then I throw up. I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) Well, yeah, then I eat lunch and the same thing happens. I'm like, that's not normal. Or they have liquid coming out their rear end and they just deal with it because that's what is becomes normal for them. And so, yeah, it's, it's patients that have been all these other places with no answers and we are their last ditch effort. We are their last chance. And they're like, yeah, if, if you don't help me, then I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> I know. And it, it, sometimes it literally breaks my heart when you have someone sitting there and they start crying. Cause they're like, everyone says there's nothing wrong. And I, I always say, well, we obviously know something's wrong because you do not feel well, right? And so even just getting validated that we believe them that something is wrong already helps. Yes, and I'm sure you have patients that tell you, since you said that you believe me that something's wrong, I feel better and then then I have a box of tissues because you're right, they start crying and they're like, well, you don't think I'm crazy that I feel things moving in my head or in my stomach? I'm like, no, those are probably parasites. So they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I know. And it's so sad too, because I, and I know some people who literally have become crazy because everyone tells them they're fine and their family's telling them they're fine and they know they are not fine. But going the natural route, it is not a quick fix. Like we are not treating the symptoms, we are treating the cause. And so I usually tell people, you got to give me some time. Like if you've had this issue for five, 10 years, we're not going to get over this in a month, two months, I mean, maybe a year. You got to give it some time. What do you say to your patients to encourage them to stick with it because it's going to take time? Well, Doc, you know, you know, red blood cells are take 120 days to go through their life cycle. In seven years, you have new lungs. And so it took it, like you said, it take it took time to get to this point. It's going to take time to fix it. And then a lot of times I'm like, uh, you gave your allergy doctor seven years of weekly shots. You can give, you know, you can give your body at least a year to repair it naturally after seven years of injecting it with chemicals and nastiness that just took away your health. You, you can give it time. And if they're not willing to give it time, then I'm not willing to have them as a patient because that's just not fair to me or fair to their body. No, because we have to invest in these people. You invest your time and emotions into helping people. And if they don't, I'm not going to lie. I have hit a wall with that because I started to care more about people than they cared about themselves. And I hit a wall and I went home finally. And I was like, I can't do that anymore because I'm fine with adjusting people when they need to be adjusted. But if people aren't going to invest in themselves, I can't do it all for them. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And and if if you care about them more than they care about themselves and it's not going to work. Unfortunately, I think some people come in and they've lost so much hope because no one's helped them. You know, they haven't had any kind of relief and they're just on a whole bunch of medications that cause more side effects. So I think a lot of them come in hopeless, but at least if they, if they believe that, that they can be helped, if they believe that we can find a cause, whether it is food or chemical or metals or bugs or whatever, if we can boost their immune system, we can boost their nervous system through chiropractic, 
then if they, they're willing to give it a chance, then there's hope and then they can get better. But if they've given up all hope, then no one's going to help them. No. And uh, almost 10 years ago, when my son was born, he, we were, I was breastfeeding. And you know, you try to do all the right things, right? You try to eat the right things, whatever. So the kid would cry a lot. And so then I started eating a very bland diet, whatever. It didn't matter. The kid was crying in pain. He had been adjusted. I'm doing everything right. Okay. So this is how I stumbled on this because I went to a naturopath who did muscle testing and calcium and B vitamins is what was bothering him. So she, we went through the thing. He was really bad that night. And for six weeks, he was like the perfect baby. We didn't have screaming and all this kind of stuff. I was hook, line and sinker into this. I took all my children to get this done. That is how I got, I was already a chiropractor, but that is how I got into the muscle testing. How did you get into it? (laughs) So it's going to sound super weird, but I didn't understand what chiropractic was as a kid. So I was an emergency C-section baby. My, uh, I had a 5% chance of making it. My mom woke up at three in the morning with my umbilical cord hanging out and yeah, yeah, and she uh, woke up my father, rushed to the hospital. The surgeon said, I'll give her 5%, but it doesn't look good. Pull through. So I love, so a lot of people think holistic doctors don't love medical doctors. I love the surgeon that took care of me. <laughs> I, I have some medical doctor friends that are awesome. Yep. And so there's good doctors and bad doctors in all fields. And so they're like, yeah, so she made it through you know, her birth, but her feet are internally rotated. So my feet were like kissing each other. And they said, you need to take her to an orthopedic surgeon and see if the surgeon can operate on her legs to see if she'll be able to walk. And my parents are like, um, she's a little tiny baby (laughs) born in the seventies. And they're like, we don't really like that idea. Mm -hmm. A friend of the family told them about chiropractic. They didn't even know what chiropractic was, but since I was a baby, I went to what I said, my nice doctor. So my nice doctor did different chiropractic techniques on me and I had different chiropractors along the way. And then I had my doctor that I, I thought he was a nice man, but I didn't like his nurses because they pricked my finger and, and stuck vaccines in me and because my mom didn't know about vaccines at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, my, second, my second chiropractor did muscle testing. He did applied kinesiology. And so I was introduced to applied kinesiology at like, I don't know, I think it was like eight years old. Wow. And I had always had chiropractic my whole entire life. And it wasn't really until I went into chiropractic school that I realized that my first chiropractor did a technique, which I'm sure you're familiar with the sacroccipital technique or SOT. Mm-hmm. And then my second chiropractor did apply kinesiology. And then my third chiropractor did more of a uh, diversified technique. And so I had a whole bunch of different types of techniques, which is kind of confusing, I think, sometimes for patients because they're like, well, yeah. why do you as a chiropractor, you know, why Dr. Sarah, do you do this? And then Dr. Palmer, why do you do this? And you're still chiropractic, but it's very, very different. Um, and yeah, so, so that second chiropractor did apply kinesiology and I thought it was super cool. And when I finished school in Palmer West, they had a apply kinesiology club and I went there and took the certification and then did more training and all that good stuff. But yeah, I was exposed to it early on and just thought, wow, how cool is this that you can ask the body what it needs nutritionally. You can ask the body what it needs chiropractically and you don't have to guess you can test. Mm-hmm. Were you the first child for your parents? Yes. Oh, did they have any more after you? Yes. <laughs> Good. Another C-section. As a parent, that is very scary. As a first-time parent, that has to be even worse because everything is new. 
Everything's oh. online. Yeah. Luckily, my mom's a nurse, so she knew enough to, you know, wrap my umbilical cord in a towel and not put pressure on it. And you know, so she had, a, you know, great nursing skills to, to give me my best chance. But yeah, for the longest time, they're like, yeah, you're a little miracle baby because mm-hmm. you're here for you're a reason. So absolutely, you know, just like I think that you're here for a reason. Yes. And your your ten year old is here for a reason. We're all here for a reason, and if we're we can live our best life through chiropractic and whole food nutrition and all that good stuff, then you can operate at a hundred percent. Whereas you know a lot of the society, a lot of the patients I get, and I was talking to this great lady. She's originally from Hawaii and used to do luau's and dance and sing and all that. And she had an injury; she fell off the stage, and since then she hasn't been right. And so she's so awesome and talented but she might be operating at like 40% now. And I'm like, you sound amazing. Like, I want to get you back to 100%. She's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> she said, aloha. <laughs> I love it. When you had said that the doctor had encouraged your parents to take you to ortho, I find it interesting. And then you had said you have some medical doctor friends and you love them and whatever. I, I have found in our profession, we are much more apt to say we respect all the professions because they are needed at some point. And yet our profession is so dogged on so often. And it, sometimes it's painful. Like I had w- one person in my waiting room had brought their child in and said to me, I don't believe in chiropractic. The first thing I'm thinking is know your audience. And my second thing I'm thinking is I don't even know what there's not to believe in. <laughs> it is or it isn't, right? Like it's not some fake thing. And my husband will even say, don't you get tired of defending yourself? Like you've had to defend yourself as a chiropractor. Now you do muscle testing. A lot of people don't understand that. You're constantly defending yourself. But don't you think you get to a point where you don't care what people think? You just know that you're helping people and that's really all that matters to you? Yeah, I, I don't defend myself. I basically say, hey, you know, like I joke with them. If they're kind of being a jerk, I kind of joke and I say, yeah, I'm not the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. Like I'm real, you <laughs> me, right? And then the proof is in the results, you know? So like yes. if you are skeptical and you don't want to be here, then maybe this is not the office for you. But then mm-hmm. I also look at the perspective is what have they been taught their whole life? You know, how much money does big pharma spend on pharmaceutical ads? You don't see chiropractic ads on TV. You see big pharma ads. And so if I look at their viewpoint and their perspective, the medical community has done an amazing job of pushing drugs. And the chiropractic community has done a horrible job of advertising chiropractic. And so has chiropractors. And so if people Mm -hmm. really understood, hey, you don't have to take that pill, you can have an adjustment or you can eat properly or you can do these things and and increase your health or you can do these things and decrease your health and cause other problems, then I think their viewpoint would change. But if I look at like the typical American and what they were were taught their whole entire life when they turn on the TV, it's all drug ads. Mm -hmm. I try to look at, I try to look at both perspectives and like, is this person just being a jerk? Is this person really asking? Is this person just doesn't know? Is this person uneducated? And if they're Mm -hmm. being a jerk, bye-bye, Felicia. (laughs) I don't have time for you. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, I've definitely gotten better uh, at that over the years because, and I told him, I said, I don't care though. Like it, it doesn't, I don't need validation from everyone for what I do because it is what it is. But I do find it difficult when other professions will be like, well, don't, don't go to the chiropractor. That always makes me so angry. I was like, I don't know. I don't even, what do you mean? Don't go to the chiropractor. So like whenever there's a sprained ankle, 
I will tell a lot of the parents, if your child has sprained their ankle, please bring them in as soon as possible. It's really helpful to get your sprained ankle. And then, you know, you'll hear trainers or whatever say, don't go to the chiropractor. And I don't, to me, I want my patients to feel better. So if I think physical therapy or something is going to help them, I'm going to encourage them to do that. I'm not going to yeah. feel threatened by what someone else does. Yeah. Um, the, and, and then I think a lot of patients don't know that the AMA actually had a campaign against us. Uh, it, it was the Wilkes versus the AMA, Dr. Wilkes versus the AMA. I think it was in the 70s, if you can correct me if I'm wrong. And where the AMA was sued because the AMA, the American Medical Association, was telling their doctors to not use chiropractic. And if you refer to a chiropractor, they would lose their license. Because, the, and, and, you know, like if you think about it, if you look at um, medical doctors as having a business, which they are, a lot of patients don't look as a, at the hospitals as a business. They are businesses. Right. And this whole pandemic has definitely decreased their business. And that's why certain things have happened in hospitals with certain diagnostic codes. But yeah, so if the American Medical Association threatened their doctors and said, if you refer to a a chiropractor, we're going to pull your license, a lot of doctors will be like, okay, well, yeah, then we won't do that. And that went all the way to the Supreme Court in the Welks versus AMA. And it was the, the judge said, Hey, you guys can't say that anymore. Like you can't do that anymore. AMA. And they slapped the AMA on their wrist. But unfortunately, a lot of the old school docs have taught the newer docs like, yeah, don't refer Mm -hmm. to chiropractors. I think that's changing a lot, you know, especially with the increase in opioids and pain medications, the addiction problem that people are looking for alternative healthcare, which I don't even think it should be called alternative healthcare. I think it should be called true healthcare. Other stuff should be called sickness emergency care. And so I, I think the perspective overall is changing. I, my first degree is sports medicine. I am an athletic yeah. trainer. And so I speak locally at the university here, the University of Central Florida, and I teach the senior athletic trainers about chiropractic. Nice. And chiropractic, yeah. And how chiropractic can work together with athletic training and be like this beautiful marriage and just really help their athletes. And I work professional sports and work with professional men's soccer teams and women's soccer teams and, and all that cool stuff. So I really was pushing to integrate everything together and really teach the athletic trainers, um, hey, you know, chiropractors are your friends because they can get an athlete back on the field yeah. perhaps quicker than some of the other modalities because we're not putting drugs in your athlete and we're not cutting the athletes and we're not medicating the athletes. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you can have an adjustment and it can be like magic for an athlete and then sports performance, you know, like your hips, if your pelvis is out of alignment, it's going to put more strain on hamstring. It's going to put strain on the other quad. They're more likely to pull their, their quad. So performance wise, if, you know, focusing on that end. So yeah, I totally agree. And then learning who those athletic trainers are. So you can, you know, say, Hey, I have your athlete. This is what I found. Um, This is what I can, you know, this is what I would suggest. This is how I can help you. And then everybody works together as a team. And that's really what we want, whether it's sports medicine or healthcare or life. (laughs) (laughs) Not to get too deep, but like life would be nice if we all worked as a team instead of being divided. Yeah. And I, I would like to say that we, we have a, a nurse practitioner in my, in Velva who is very good at sending her patients over. And we have a lot of the same patients. And I always tell them, I think you're very fortunate because we will work together to make sure that you have the best care. My mom had neck surgery. She had to, she had a very bad bulge disc and she went back to her uh, neck surgeon and she said, just sometimes it's just, it's so hard to turn. And he goes, well, have your daughter use that clicker because yeah. and I, 
And so we used the activator on her neck, but I was so dang happy that her neurosurgeon said that. And I tell people that a lot. I said, you know, my mom had neck surgery and her doctor flat out said, use that. And so anyway, there, awesome. there's definitely, awesome. yes, I, I like it because there's definitely hope, I think. Since you are a mom and I am a mom, and I hear a lot of times people will say, I don't want to jinx anything, but we don't have a lot of sickness in our house. And I hear a lot of times people say, oh, you're so lucky. And finally, I had to say, but I'm not lucky because I'm very calculated at what I do. And I, and I watch what they eat and I limit the sugar. And it's funny to me how every now and then I will have a, a parent come in and they'll say, well, he or she won't eat anything but mac and cheese or cereal or blah, blah, blah. And I just have to sit there because I'm thinking, you're the one who gives them the food, though. So like if you're only giving them those certain things, well, that's all they'll eat. Of course, that's all they'll eat. I have a two-year-old right. who will eat cod because right. I eat cod. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, do you, how do you encourage people to live? Because we kind of have to practice what we preach. And I'm yeah. not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm sure every now and then, you know, we have something that isn't, you know, perfect. But how do you encourage people to do better, be better, live better? Um, yeah. So, so I tell them it doesn't have to be perfect because if they try to do everything perfect, they're going to fail. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not in a perfect environment. We're not in a perfect world. And I think a lot of parents have, well, first of all, I think parents have stopped cooking dinner. They stopped cooking meals. And so, you know, maybe your patient's parents never taught them how to cook anything. I have some adult patients that like, yeah, some adult patients where their parents just went out all the time. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, your mom didn't cook anything. No, we would just have like breakfast on the way to school and then lunch would be school lunches and dinner. We would go to restaurants. I'm like, really? And they don't know. They're embarrassed to tell me they don't know how to cook an egg. They don't know how to prepare dinner. They don't know. They don't know how to cook anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you survive? Like, what do you do? You know? Yeah. And I think with like, uh, programs like Uber Eats and, and different things where your food is delivered, they're still going to be doing that type thing. I know when this pandemic first started, I went to the store and I went down the freezer aisle and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like all the frozen meals are gone. Don't you people cook? Like, how is that? <laughs> you know, my, my dad's Italian and my mom is like uh, French and English and just, you know, a whole bunch of different, she's, you know, they're both were born here. But my, my grandfather came from Italy and he, he you know, he would I, would, I loved watching him cook because he would just grab random, he didn't use recipes, he would just grab random stuff from right. the refrigerator. And my dad learned from him and they would just put stuff together. And as a kid, I pretend like I had a restaurant <laughs> and I would make dinner for my parents and I loved it and they encouraged it and they acknowledged me for my efforts. And so it was not real to me that parents didn't know how to cook. And they didn't know what to prepare and they didn't know how to do stuff. And so that's what some of the parents are doing is they just don't know how to prepare meals. Because if they did, then their kids would see them eating kale, like my kid eats kale, and they would see them eating cod, like you said, or eating different types. And it wouldn't even be a thing. But it goes back further. It goes back to, okay, they don't know how to prepare meals. They don't know what a protein is. They don't know what a carbohydrate is. They don't know what a good fat is. They don't know that Doritos have MSG in them. They don't even know what MSG is. They don't know how to read food labels. You know, So uh, we try really, really hard to educate in a way where the patients can understand, okay, this is how I read food labels. This is how I prepare a healthy breakfast or a lunch or a dinner. This is how I shop. This is what is, this is healthy junk food. Like Ben and Jerry's at home 
health food store is still Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Like <laughs> ice cream is ice cream, you know, or Dr. Dean would, my husband would make me laugh because as we try to eat healthier and healthier, he's like, honey, look, I found these organic Oreo cookies. And I'm like, honey, they're organic, but they're still junk. Like Oreo cookies, organic and Oreo cookies, this or regular, their junk is junk, right? So it, yeah. it goes back further in educating them so they know how to prepare meals. So then their kids, that's all they know. That's like, I think, yeah. Doc, that's what your kids know is like, they see what you eat, you they eat what you eat. And so there's not, okay, this is the adult meal and this is the kid's meal, That this is the family meal and that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. And we started homeschooling this year and Thursdays, they rotate the the obvious I have three but the one is two so he doesn't participate but the other two every other week they have to pick a meal set the table clean the kitchen make the meal and I'm in there telling them what to do but I find that important because my dad didn't do a lot of cooking and I have some friends that say yeah my husband can barely boil water he can make frozen pizza and I'm thinking I'm raising husbands and dads and you know members of society they got to be able to do these things Right. That's so awesome that you're doing that. Very, very well done. That's excellent. Well, uh, I feel honored with you saying that to me. <laughs> well, I don't feel honored. It's, it's true. Like very, very well done. Because as parents, if we don't teach our kids life skills, like how to cook and how to shop and how to pay credit cards and how to manage money and what is money and, you know, like all these things, then who's going to teach them? It's true. And someone had told me, well, your brain, you're really doing a good job brainwashing your kids. And I said, oh I'm not gosh, brainwashing them. Jerk. I said, I'm educating them because they will look at things and say, there's X amount of sugar in this. There's X amount of carbs. And every now and then I think, well, you know, do I take this a little too far? But I don't think I am because a lot of people will say, you know, when your kids get out of the house, they're going to eat all this junk food and they're going to go crazy. I don't know. I mean, are they? And maybe, and that's going to be their choice. And I always do let them know that too. We all make choices. These are the choices we make. Other people make other choices and that's just the way it is. Yeah. I think you're doing an excellent job educating. That's super, super well done. And whoever says you're brainwashing your kids, like, I don't know what they're talking about. They sound kind of not like a nice person. <laughs> um, seriously, you know, because I love it when I educate a family and, you know, a kid's in the room and I'm teaching them. I teach the kids too, how to read food labels, what sugar does to the body, that kind of thing. And I remember this little boy, he was having problems with his stomach and it was related to parasites. And of course, when you eat sugar, as you know, it makes parasites worse. And so I was like, okay, so when you had this, I know he had like a protein bar that had, you know, a healthy protein bar, but it had sugar. So, you know, when you eat this protein bar, what happens to your stomach? Oh, well, Dr. Palmer, you know, my stomach hurts. I'm like, okay, so what should you do about it? He's like, well, I'm not going to eat those anymore because they hurt my, my stomach. But my mom fed me, you know, ice cream the other day. And I tried to tell her that it hurts my stomach, but she gave it to me anyways. And, and I look at the mom and she's like, shh, shh, <laughs> you know, don't, don't say anything. Okay. We need to, we can talk something else about, you know, tell Dr. Palmer something else. Or she tried to change the subject and her face turned all red. And I'm like, look, the kid, like you said, the kids are not going to go to the store and buy this stuff. So if you're complaining about your kids eating junk, you bought it. Like, you know, you as a parent, you did that. And you have a responsibility to either feed your kids well and they're going to be healthy. And it's not about luck. Like you didn't like, oops, I bought a, you know, I bought this nice piece of salmon by accident. No, that's not luck. 
it's a very low responsibility answer. Like, Oh, you're lucky. No, I'm not lucky. I studied. I'm taking, I put effort into taking care of my family. I spent extra money on food. So we get good quality food instead of buying, you know, a bag of corn chips. I spent the money on a nice filet of fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you are absolutely right. I love what you're doing. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, as parents, we can only do our best job and then they have to make their own choices. So we had a, a healthier type of ice cream and our daughter woke up before us and I found her in the morning eating ice cream for breakfast. I'm like, okay, well, we can't have this ice cream here because she decided to have ice cream for breakfast. Where did she get the ice cream? Oh, I bought it. Okay, well, then obviously I can't have this in the house because she made that choice and it's not a great choice. Right. The, the nice thing, too, about being with our kids as much and educating them is we went to distance learning last year. I'm sure, you know, when my kids, now they're homeschooled, like I said, but last year we were in public school. And one thing I learned about my six-year-old is that I usually give him a B12 supplement. And when it was, and he would sit and he'd work and do good. And then for a couple of days, he was acting kind of crazy, like not focusing, not doing whatever. And I sat there and I was like, what's going on? Like, why, how, why is it some days we're, we're good? And then other days, and I related it to that B12. And so then I started telling people, I said, you know, I noticed that in my own child. And I suppose when you send them to school and then the teachers are like, well, your kid's kind of out of hand. You don't think of sending them to the chiropractor to get something to maybe calm them down or, you know, supplement them. And so many kids end up on medication when there's usually a easier and cheaper and healthier fix. Yeah, you're right. What drives me crazy is when, and I remember this being in elementary school, is having really good behavior or, you know, like raising your hand and answering the question. And then I remember my elementary school teacher would reward us with jelly beans. So I'm like, okay, wait a second. So I answered the question, right? I have good behavior. You give me a sugar-filled, artificial colored piece of candy, which is now going to make me hyper or make my classmates hyper, but then they're going to have bad behavior and then they're going to get in trouble for the bad behavior. It happens at like birthday parties all the time, right? All the yep. kids are having fun. They're, you know, they're playing nicely together. And then the birthday cake comes out and then the kids start crying and fighting and, oh, little Johnny's overtired. No, little Johnny is like, like freaked out on sugar and can't handle it. And that's why they're crying and screaming and fighting and, and all that stuff. <laughs> and, this, and the sad part about it is, is that people really don't know that that is the problem, mm-hmm. you know, because for a while, you know, I'm thinking, why do, why do they do that? Or like my kids will go to basketball camp and at the store, there's Pop-Tarts and, you know, there's all these sugary things. Well, we're, we're totally gluten-free, my kids and I. And awesome. so they can't ever have that stuff. And so I always say, well, we'll get something afterwards. But then, you know, you talk to the people who work at different camps and they're like, oh man, they were crazy today. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, right, because you give them all the sugar on their break and then no one is even paying attention. Everyone's bouncing around. But people don't know better because we're looking at the food pyramid that is truly not correct. You know, that is not how we use the food pyramid in our house. I'm assuming you don't use the food pyramid like that in your house. And no one is taught any type of nutrition. No one is taught it. We're just supposed to know. Yeah. And that's why you and I have a lot of work to do along with our fellow practitioners that do what we do with chiropractic and nutrition, because Americans don't know, people don't know, um, people internationally don't know, um, they don't know how to eat. It, you know, I was thinking of when you were talking about the kids, it's almost like going into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting 
and for break, like serving them beer and alcohol, like you're, you're expecting them not to do that. Like, yeah, it's, it's the same thing with kids. It's, it's crazy. And then they're getting in trouble because they're acting out. What if we muscle tested? What if we showed these young athletes like, Hey, you know, here is this soda and I'm going to muscle test your, your arm, you know, to show you when you're shooting a basketball, what it does to you. And will this improve your performance or decrease your performance? And how about this bag of chips? And what does this do to your body? And really showing them how the food has an effect. Um, we actually did this and we film what's called homeschool live on Wednesdays. And we actually did this. I taught my daughter who's six and her friend, Adrian, who is nine, just turned nine and taught them how to muscle test. And they're great at it. And stuff that used to take me two and a half days to teach other practitioners. I taught them in 10 minutes. I was like, Oh wow, you guys learn this fast. <laughs> and they were, they were testing each other. They were testing me on various different snacks, healthy snacks, not healthy snacks. And they're like, Oh my gosh. And Adrian, at one point, his eyes got like super big. And he was like, oh, like, this is what it does. And I'm like, okay, well, what's important to Adrian? He's a nine-year-old boy. He loves baseball. I'm like, okay, so is this good for you for baseball or is it not good for you? He's like, oh, that's not good for me. I'm not eating that anymore. I'm like, yeah, score. Yeah, educating every day. I absolutely love it. Well, I had a list of a bunch of other stuff that I want to talk about, but we've already talked for a long time. So apparently we're going to have to probably have another chat so we can go over like parasites and infertility and eczema and all this other, um, all this other stuff. So I really appreciate all that you do for humanity really, because you do encourage people to do better, live better, be better on a daily basis. And thank you for all you do for everyone that you educate. Awesome. Well, likewise, thank you for all that you do and keep up the amazing work being a full-time doc and homeschooling and being a wife and all that and doing your podcast. Super well done, doc. And thank you so much for having me on. It was so much fun and I would love to come on again and, and we can talk about whatever you like. Love it. We will set it up. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.